You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to Recovering Faith. I want to start off by apologizing for the echo you may hear. I, if you listen to this on uh, Wednesday, I just moved in to uh, my house on Thursday and uh, I just kind of sort of got my office set up about an hour ago. Uh, and um, pretty much my desk and my computer are the only things in there at the moment so um, there's not a lot of stuff to to uh, change the dynamics of the room so there's an echo and I apologize for that but things have been incredibly busy for me uh, this move and so I haven't been able to uh, I haven't been able to get everything put away as quickly as I wanted to, and uh, I don't know where most of my stuff is, especially since my cousins helped me move and they put some of my stuff away. So anyhow, eventually I'll find everything. But this episode is going to be about Singles Awards, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known, the Mormon, known as the Mormons. They have um, congregations for people that are 18 to 30 and single, and they call those singles wards. And due to my age when joining the church, uh, most of the, my time in the church was in singles wards. And singles wards are designed to get single 18 to 30 year olds married and to keep them active in the church and to keep them out of trouble and to keep them from hanging out with what the church would consider the wrong crowds. Uh, so yes, yeah, so basically to keep keep them active in the church and keep them out of trouble until they get married and to get them married as soon as possible. Uh, a lot of people in the church, especially after they've been married and looking back on a singles ward, refer to the singles wards as a meat market. So uh, the very first time I ever attended an LDS service, it was a singles ward. And because I'd never seen that concept employed with any other faith, I thought it was odd to have a congregation made up entirely of single people between the ages of 18 and 30. Of course, the bishop and his counselors were not single and they were, and they were uh, older, but... All the congregation were single 18 to 30 year olds. Most religions think it's good to get married, but Mormons think that you can't be saved without getting married, or at least that you can't make it to the top level of heaven where, you, where they think you have a chance of becoming a god yourself. The Bible is clear that there is no marriage in heaven, and also that no one becomes gods. But yet the concept of eternal marriage is one of the main selling points of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When I was active in the church, I watched a lot of uh, what I now term LDS propaganda films, one of which was uh, The Singles Ward. 
And I thought that movie, uh, it wasn't put out by the church, but I thought that it was really spot on. Uh, the film was meant to be overly stereotypical of LDS culture, but especially that of singles wards. And let me tell you, it hit the nail squarely on the head. For the sake of those of you who are not familiar with the LDS Church, I will explain some of the nuances of the LDS culture as it becomes relevant. Uh, but I'm sure I'll miss some things because I'm kind of um, didn't have as much time to prepare today as I normally do. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to miss some of these nuances. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask me and I will gladly tell you. But um, those of you who are or were members of the church will immediately be on board with the one I'm saying. You know, you'll, you'll get what I'm saying. Even if you don't agree with the conclusions that I reach, you will agree with my observations. When I was active, I really liked the movie The Singles Ward, and I watched it dozens of times. But as I haven't watched it in many years, I may be a little foggy on a few details. So, if you've seen the movie and I get a few minor details mixed up, I hope you can overlook it for the sake of my own story that I will be weaving into the narrative because, after all, the whole point is to tell my story, and I think that's why people keep coming back to hear my story. The movie starts with the main character, Jonathan, coming home from work, and he opens a fridge to grab something. And he starts to shut the refrigerator door, but then he does a double take when he sees some beer in the refrigerator. And so he walks into the other room and he says, honey. And at that point, he sees his wife sitting on the couch drinking alcohol and smoking a cigarette. Two things that are specifically forbidden by the church. As soon as Jonathan sees what his wife is doing, he asks what's going on. And she tells him that she doesn't believe in the church anymore. And then Jonathan says, but honey, it's Word Temple night. And then the scene cuts to the wife throwing her stuff in the trunk of her car and driving away. Uh, most of the LDS congregations known as wards have a Word Temple nights where the adult members go to the temple to perform ordinances on behalf of the people uh, who have died and were not a member of the church when they died. Performing temple work for the deceased, or redeeming the dead as it's called, is one of the church's three major missions. The other two are to proclaim the gospel and perfect the saints. In an effort to get as many people to go to the temple to perform proxy ordinances as possible, most wards have ward temple night, and a lot of the wards will recruit teen girls in the ward to babysit the children of those who want to go so as many people can go as possible. I think some people only go to uh, Word Temple Night so they can get a free babysitter and get away from the kids for a few hours and even have dinner together before they pick their kids up. After In the movie, after Jonathan's wife leaves him and they get divorced, he uh, stops attending church and he starts doing things that the church doesn't approve of. Um, it kind of alludes that he drinks, but it doesn't actually show him drinking. But uh, one of some of the things he does is he's making fun of the church and its members in a stand-up comedy routine that he does, sometimes at the bars. To be honest, even when I was extremely active in the church, and every decision I made was based on the church, I thought many of the jokes in the movie were extremely funny. Uh, one of the 
jokes that Jonathan tells is that most men hide their dirty magazines when they get married, but not him because as a Mormon he didn't have dirty magazines, but he had the popular mechanics and home improvement magazines because he didn't want his wife to know that, that he could fix things. Um, but in the movie, once Jonathan's bishop learned that uh, learned of his divorce, um, he had transferred his records to the singles ward. But Jonathan had no interest in going to church, and uh, there's a montage in the movie of ward members from the singles ward coming by and trying different tactics to get him back in church. And each time anyone from the ward visits, he's rude with them, and he tries to get them to leave him alone. Uh, one of them... They bring him brownies, and he says he's lack, or he says he's uh, can't eat gluten. Uh, another time, they come and invite him to a paintball activity, and he says, "Oh, I didn't think uh, convicted felons were allowed to um, have guns, but maybe paintball doesn't count. I'll ask my probation officer." And you know, it was something like that. Every time somebody would come by to see him, he was basically trying to get rid of them. He did whatever he would to get him to leave him alone. Well, after a while, Cammy, um, a lady from the ward, calls to ask to see if he will do his stand-up routine for the ward talent show. And since she's a nurse at an assisted living facility, he suggests that she give him a sponge bath for the talent show. Uh, when Cammy says, that would be inappropriate, Jonathan says, exactly, and hangs up. And, of course, she's mad at him. And, of course, because this is a movie, they eventually get married in the temple. In several of the singles wards, I was uh, the ward missionary, or I was, a, I was a ward missionary in a lot of the wards I was in, and I spent a lot of time trying to get inactive members back to church, and I often baked cookies or brownies or other baked goods, and I brought them to inactive members. I shoveled the snow off their driveways and their sidewalks, I fixed their cars and did whatever else I could think of to get them back to church. I even showed up to pick them up for church to make sure they actually went. And I did have a lot of people try to be rude with me so I wouldn't come back anymore, but I usually wasn't discouraged. When I went inactive while I was in a singles ward, no one came by to try me to get me to back to no one came in to try to get me back in church because the word I was in didn't like me much and they didn't follow the dictates of the church to be loving and welcoming to everyone. Actually, the way that I was treated in the ward was part of the reason I went inactive in the first place. I basically had two friends in the ward and everybody else didn't really like me for some reason. I'm not sure why. But uh, I was struggling for a long time before I actually went inactive. And some of the major things that happened to make me want to leave and not come back happened at Family Home Evening. And for the sake of those of you who may not be familiar with, with the Mormon Church and their customs, uh, Family Home Evening is an activity that's mandated by the church. It's usually on Monday nights, and the idea is to get the family to get together and do things together and where you'll discuss uh, some teaching of the church and have an activity and then a dessert. And in singles wards, the ward meets together as a ward family on Monday nights, usually at the bishop's house, 
and the bishop gives a church lesson before the games and the food. And depending on the size of the ward, the ward might be split up into three family home evening groups. And one will meet at the bishop's house, and the other two will meet at the homes of the first and second counselors. The singles wards are typically great about going out and trying to get an active members back to church. But if you ask intelligent questions about the church or challenge the church in any way, they treat you like you're poison. But to be fair, though, this singles ward, they were actually didn't really like me even before I started questioning anything, so... And at that point in my life, I never thought I would actually leave the church. And I wasn't trying to cause trouble or rock the boat. I was just trying to get answers to some of the things that troubled me about the church so I could more easily believe it. One of the things that caused me to want to go inactive was when I mentioned something that I'd read in one of the church manuals about the history of the church. And the other ward members accused me of reading anti-Mormon material. And they wouldn't believe me that I had read it uh, in an official church publication, and they wouldn't let me show them where I read it. It got to the point where everyone said I was going to get hit by lightning, and they kneeled down around me and prayed that I would find the truth and stop questioning the church. However, it was the truth from the horse's mouth, so to speak, that caused me to doubt the church in the first place. So I can't begin to tell you how mad it made me when everyone made a prayer circle around me and they refused to let me leave. They boxed me in and basically forced me to stay there while they did prayed for me, prayed that I would find that the Mormon church was true. And of course, um, I did find the truth, and the truth is that the Mormon church isn't true. So there were a couple of other instances that... Uh, I had issues with too, but when I decided to stop going to church for a while was when I made and I made a completely appropriate and relevant comment at Family Home Evening that in no way challenged the teachings of the church, and I was told to keep my comments to myself. I responded by saying, I'll do just that, and I got up and left, and I didn't come back, and no one so much as called to check on me. And, of course, after a while, I... Once I moved to a new area, I wound up going to a different ward and getting active again, but the whole time I was inactive, they never came to check on me, so um, I had wrote the bishop of that ward a letter after I moved to a new ward and told him that as a ward, they completely failed me, so... Now, of course, um, not all of my experiences were bad in the singles ward. I actually had a lot of good experiences in the singles ward as well. But most of the time uh, in church, I didn't want to be there, and I only went because it was expected of me. And at that time, I always did what the church asked of me, regardless of my personal feelings on the matter. During my entire time in the church, I never enjoyed a church service. Though uh, Singles Family Home Evening was often fun, and I did enjoy that. As a Christian, I now go to church because I genuinely want to, and not because I feel that I have to, and I actually enjoy going. One of the things that I absolutely hated about Singles Awards was the intense pressure that was put on me to date and get married. 
especially since I never had a good success rate with dating and had some relationships end in a spectacular disaster. Um, I actually remember one instance, there was this one young lady that uh, the bishop kept pressuring me to ask her out and I finally asked her out and she turned me down in an extremely rude way. And, um, but I only really, and I didn't think she wanted to go out with me anyway, but I asked because the bishop wouldn't leave me alone about it, so. But in the movie The Singles Ward, Jonathan gets roped into driving one of his roommates to a stake singles dance because, you know, in Provo, everybody's Mormon. And um, he doesn't actually want to go in the building, but he has some car problems, so he has to go in and use a phone. And when he's in there, uh, he meets Cammie, and he, he, he doesn't know at the moment who she is, and uh, he gets to liking her, and they strike up a friendship. Of course, as soon as she finds out who he is and remembers the phone call and the whole sponge bath comment, she wants nothing to do with him. Uh, but in an effort to impress her, he starts going back to church and becomes active. And, and of course, you know, there's a lot of uh, Mormon jokes in the movie. And most of the jokes in the movie were extremely esoteric, and unless you were deeply steeped in Mormon culture and history, you wouldn't get them. And one of the best jokes was when Jonathan asked Cammie for a date and she turned him down. So he asked her to pray about it and she said, I did. Later on, Jonathan's roommate tells him that uh, he shouldn't give up, and so he says, when a girl turns you down because she prayed about it, it's the ultimate rejection. You can't tell her to pray about it again because look where that got Martin Harris. So those of you who are familiar with the church probably laughed at that joke, but for those of you who are not as familiar with LDS history, Martin Harris was acting as the scribe for Joseph Smith when during the translation of the Book of Mormon. And he asked Joseph Smith if he could take the 116 pages of the manuscript that they had already finished to show his wife to ease her mind because uh, she believed he was being conned uh, because Joseph Smith asked him to put his, get a mortgage on his farm so he could pay for the publication of the Book of Mormon. And, of course, Martin Harris's wife thought, oh, well, we're just getting uh, swindled by this young con artist. So Martin Harris wanted to put his wife at ease, so he wanted to bring the 116 pages that were translated to his wife and show her that uh, it was legitimate. Of course, um, the first couple times he asked about it, Joseph Smith uh, told, said he prayed about it and told him no. But after Martin Harris kept pressuring him, he finally uh, prayed about it and got the answer that that Martin could take the pages only if he showed them just to his wife and no one else and he never let them out of his possession. Of course, the manuscript was stolen from Martin Harris pretty much right out of the gate and it was never recovered. A lot of people think that Martin Harris's wife took them and burned them or somebody that she knew took them and they were going to use them to prove the church was false, but they never resurfaced, so we'll never know. But as a result of this, Martin Harris lost his position as a scribe, 
though he was still expected to pay for the publication of the Book of Mormon. And in case you're wondering, Martin Harris did lose his farm, and he never did get the money back that he uh, spent to publish the Book of Mormon, not even after the church got out of debt. So, um, when I was in singles wards, I had a few girls tell me that they wouldn't go out with me because they prayed about it. And while I didn't believe it for a second that they'd actually prayed about it, I never asked them out again. And my reasoning for not asking them out again was that if they'd actually prayed about it, then there was no reason to ask them out again. And if they lied about praying, then, they're, then they weren't a good person and they weren't worth my time. And even if I still wanted to go out with them, uh, if they were going to go to that length to get rid of me, then there was no point in trying. Another funny montage in the moment in the movie is uh, where the very first Sunday he, Jonathan's going back to church to impress Cammy, he's at a fast and testimony meeting, and everyone is saying crazy things. And of course, if you've ever been to a fast and testimony meeting, you can relate. Uh, fast and testimony meeting is the first Sunday of the month, and every church member who is physically able to do so is supposed to fast from dinner on Saturday to dinner on Sunday, and they're supposed to give the money that they would have spent on those meals to the church. And instead of having an assigned talk like they usually do, um, it's basically open mic Sunday for those who want to get up and give their testimony of the church, or at least that's what they're supposed to do. Typically, those who get up talk about all sorts of random and crazy things and then end by saying, I know the church is true, that Joseph Smith is a prophet, and that whatever current prophet at the time, I know that he's the current prophet of the church and he's leading the church and all that stuff, and then they say, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And they say, tag that in on the, tag that on on the end of all the stuff they said that had nothing to do with the church. And, uh, so I thought that testimonies in a singles ward were crazy until I went on my mission and heard what people say in the family wards. And if you're interested, you can check out my episodes about my mission because I talked about it there. But uh, after I got married, I noticed that, family ward, that the family wards that I attended there had crazier testimonies than the singles wards that I'd been in as well. I always hated Fast and Testimony Sunday. Uh, so much that I was actually happy when I was too sick to attend services when it was Fast and Testimony Sunday. And in the movie, when Jonathan is sitting there and women are going up there and saying crazy things and they're crying and his expression on his face shows that he's extremely bored. And that's pretty much the experience for... uh, And everybody who's been to uh, LDS service and Fast and Testimony Sunday knows that. Uh, one of my observations is that there are a lot more people in singles words who either don't take the sacrament or show up late so people that won't, uh, won't notice they take the sacrament than there are in a family wards. In the LDS church, the sacrament is passed every Sunday and 
Even small infractions against the church rules will mean that you are considered unworthy to partake of the sacrament. And the LDS Church has an unhealthy obsession with personal worthiness, and those who are considered worthy are often, um, they often harshly judge those who are not considered worthy. And so if you don't take the sacrament, there's a lot of shame. And of course, I talked about that in a previous episode as well. Uh, Another one of the jokes that I thought was particularly funny from the movie was when Jonathan commented that a divorced Mormon man is looked at as if they're a failure because Brigham Young didn't have a problem getting and keeping lots of wives and he couldn't even keep one. Of course, in all fairness, a woman could not have uh, left Brigham Young without being ostracized by the entire LDS population and probably couldn't even leave him in the first place because of the power differential that was in place between them. Him being the leader of the church and the governor of Utah and being viewed as a prophet of God and her being a woman and not having much status. It was also because of Brigham Young's power and influence that he was easily able to get wives in the first place. I mean, well, if you, not his first wife. He was, uh, he was poor when he first got married, but with all the rest of them. Uh, speaking of Brigham Young, it's often said in the church and even mentioned in the movie, The Singles Ward, that Brigham Young said that any man over the age of 25 that is not married is a menace to society. However, Brigham Young never said that. I'm not sure where the story started that Brigham Young said unmarried men were menace to society, but I think that it is said because leaders want everyone to get married, and I certainly had that quoted to me by my bishop and stake president, and they both said that Brigham Young had said it. So here's what Brigham Young actually said, quote, I will give each of the young men in Israel who have arrived at an age to marry a mission to go straightway and get married to a good sister, fence a city lot, lay out a garden and an orchard and make a home, and especially do not forget to plant a proper proportion of mulberry trees. This is the mission that I give to all young men in Israel. So that's a far cry from saying that they're in a society if they're not married. So I've talked about this before, but... One of the things the movie pointed out about Mormon culture is that a lot of women in the church prefer men who break the rules over men whose entire life is determined by the church. And there's a scene where Kemi goes on a date with the elders quorum president, and he shows up in a shirt and tie and makes sure that she knows he's the elders quorum president. And at the end of the date, he shakes her hand. After the date, Cammie and Jonathan crack a few jokes about the Eldritch Quorum president and how incredibly churchy he is. Or the term would be uh, Peter Priesthood. At one point in the movie, it's mentioned that marriage in the church is kind of like a carpool and that no one cares who they marry because they say, hey, you're headed for the Celestial Kingdom and I'm headed for the Celestial Kingdom, so let's get married and go there together. A lot of members of the church would scoff at that idea and say that Oprah simplifies the situation, but I've heard many church leaders say that any two people, man and woman, who are living the uh, the church's gospel would have a happy marriage. There was always so much drama 
in the singles wards that um, for a while I tried to go to a family ward but both the bishop of the singles ward and the bishop of the family ward said that I should continue to go to the singles ward because uh, the single adults tend to fall through the cracks in a family ward if you aren't married or if you don't, uh, or if you don't have a family you don't quite fit in the ward and it's not a good fit for you and while I already knew that I was surprised that the bishop had the integrity to admit it especially the bishop of the family ward now in the movie as a subplot in the film there's also a huge focus placed on church missions and the film portrays those who are in the church as happy and those who leave the church as unhappy with lives spiraling out of control well at the time that i liked the movie i thought that the church's teachings were correct and that the assumption that people who leave the church are unhappy and only leave so they can commit sin was true but i'm happier now than i ever was in the church and i try to live a good christian life well, uh, I know this is kind of a short episode, but um, and I'm sure there's a lot more things that I could say about this about singles wards, but it's uh, getting pretty late, and I and I got to make sure that this uh, that I finish up the last details on this and get it out so it posts on time. So. Um, Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.